This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Getting back to hour two here. Sportsnet today is rolling on. Logan Gordon along with you on Calgary Flames game day. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Flames and Golden Knights, this time from the Scotiabank Saddledome. A week ago today, the Flames picked up their first ever win in Vegas. Now they welcome in the Golden Knights for a matchup at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Should be a great one tonight at the Dome. Vegas currently on top of the standings in the West and in the Pacific Division. They've won two in a row, eight and two in their last ten. And as we mentioned, the Flames very familiar with their Pacific Division opponent after last week's matchup. Uh, very excited to go down the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon for our look at the opposition. A man who knows both sides of the coin very well in tonight's matchup. It is former Flames defenseman, former Golden Knights defenseman, uh, and now a broadcaster with the Golden Knights, uh, Derek England, kind enough to give us some time this afternoon. Derek, thanks so much for doing this, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, great season so far for the Golden Knights, and uh, as we get into the final 10 games of the season here, like I mentioned atop the Western Conference and atop the uh, Pacific Division, it's been a pretty strong year for Vegas, and I don't know that you'd say that without a guy like Mark Stone in the lineup. What's what's gone so right for Vegas this season? I think they've gotten contrib- contributions from uh, throughout the lineup, no matter who's been out. Uh, you know, they've they've used five goalies since the All Star break, and and have found ways to win. Um, you know, they're missing key parts on the back end: Petrangelo, Theodore, guys stepping up. You know, the depth of the team and. Uh, same up front, you know, guys have come up, Dorofiev's been up and kind of on a little tear for his first, uh, you know, big stint with the team, um, you know, four goals, three game winners. So uh, just different guys stepping up at the right times. How crucial has uh, Jack Eichel been stepping up into the role that's been left when Mark Stone went down with injury in your mind? Yeah, it's been huge. You know, you look... Um, to those guys when uh, other top end guys go out you know you look at guys like Jack and um, to step up their game a little more and you know I think before all-star break he was in a little bit of a slump and maybe uh, trying to do too much uh, knowing that Stone was out for for a little bit um, you know I think he's uh, the talent that those guys have those high-end guys that it was only a matter of time until he found his on the back of the net and, and now he's doing it on a consistent basis with uh, you know um, with Stone being out so it's it, it's huge when you can get those guys those guys going and feeling confident and they just uh, you know keep building off that. Uh, you're one behind the bench for Bruce Cassidy in Vegas. Derek what have you noticed so far uh, from the new Vegas coach and what he's brought to the team this year? Yeah I like uh you know, the defensive game collapsing, helping the goalies out a, a lot more. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of separate sep- second opportunities for for opponents and um, does a good job, you know, the penalty kill. It's been much better now, uh, you know, as they're getting into the, 
later part of the first season, um, you, you know, everything's clicking. Power play starting to do a little bit better. Um, but I, I, personally, I like, uh, you know, he's not uh, keeping secrets. If someone doesn't have a bad game or they need someone to step it out, he's not afraid to, you know, call guys out and, and try to get the best out of them that way. And I really, as a player, when I played, I liked I liked that. I didn't want, uh, you know, coaches beating around the bush or anything like that. And he, he tells it how it is. And I, I like that as a player and, and as a, you know, broadcaster and a fan. <laughs> yeah, I bet uh, it makes a huge difference. I'm curious from your perspective, Derek, what a guy like, uh, Phil Kessel's brought to the group. He's obviously not the same guy that uh, you know was a, a sniper all of those years throughout you know time in Toronto and Pittsburgh and you know some of the stops that you guys have seen along the way. But he's a veteran guy with some of the younger faces in this Vegas lineup. How has Phil Kessel been so far in year one as a Golden Knight? Uh, I think you know obviously a smaller contract than he's used to and stuff. So I don't I don't think. Uh, you know, there wasn't huge expectations, but I think uh, the players' poll just the, came out a few days ago kind of sums it up, you, you know, behind Marc-Andre Fleury for best teammates in the mm-hmm. league. And, you know, that, just, that says a lot about the guy right there. Um, you know, he's played on a number of teams that, uh, you know, all those guys are voting for him. So to be number two behind Flower, and I've played with Flower many years and good friends with him, you know, to be in that company uh, says a lot about a guy. So I think his locker room uh, abilities and, uh, you know, just that uh, experience too. Uh, he's won. He's uh, played on all different types of teams. You know, he was in Phoenix and they didn't have a whole lot of success. So he's got success on uh, all different levels. So that goes a long ways too. Uh, I was wanted to ask you about the year that Shea Theodore's had uh, for the Golden Knights. He seems to be such an integral part of what they're doing on the back end, ever since he came over from that trade uh, back in 2016-17 when he came over from the Ducks. And uh, I wonder how you look at him, Derek, and I, I think it's one of the most, seeing it as often as we do in the Pacific, I think Shea Theodore ranks among one of the most underrated defensemen in the league right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, with a guy like Petro that's been around for so long and done it for so many years, you know, I think he probably gets a little bit... Uh, um, maybe I, I wouldn't say looked over like every player knows about him and is aware when he's on the ice but um, with the other big names around maybe he goes uh, a little bit more unnoticed uh, to the everyday or you know to the fans and stuff but what he does on the ice is pretty special you, you know he's not many guys that can you know go back and be a one-man breakout you know I compare him to you know guys like Carlson and stuff like that they don't need they don't need help. They're going to make you look bad on the forecheck, and you, you give him a little bit more room, and he's going to make, do uh, some amazing things with the puck. So I only see his ceiling just rising and rising uh, as he gets older and with experience. Yeah, funny the guy's just 27. It feels like he's been in the league for uh, a lot longer than that. Uh, one of the guys that I wanted to mention with you, uh, Derek, Ivan Barbashev, uh, a big acquisition for this team at the trade deadline, fit in nicely, and I believe – I've uh, seen some first-line roles with Eichel and Marsha so already since coming over in that trade. Yeah, he's been really good. I thought he was a great addition. You know, the one thing uh, that I've seen in previous years that maybe we're missing is that little bit of uh, grit and uh, ability and want to go to the Nets and, and win those battles, and that's the exact kind of player he is. He he can play with that high-end talent, uh, but not change his game. He's still goes in that hard, um, you know, battles in the corners and, and creates some room for those guys, uh, Marchie and uh, Eichel, to 
to kind of do their thing. And, you know, guys like that that figure it out uh, early in their careers, you know, you can be a, I don't want to say average player, but you can be a player and play with uh, guys like Eichel and, you know, go to the net with your stick on the puck uh, or stick on the ice and they're going to, they're going to hit it, you know, you know, no better guy to compare it to than, you know, Patrick Maroon playing with McDavid, you know, he, he knew his role and he, Played it well with McDavid. He just went to the net, uh, stick on the ice, and those guys will find you. When there's 11 games left like this in the season, like it is for Vegas right now, Derek, obviously finishing as high in the standings is going to be important to this group. But when you look at this Golden Knights team as a whole, is there a certain area that you'd like to see the team work on or try to improve as we get closer to postseason action? Uh, Yeah, I think just getting guys back from injuries is going to be a big help. You know, okay. you're missing uh, guys like Carrier and, you know, I think they get some guys back tonight and, um, but, you know, just, just, uh, you know, I, I think special teams is a huge thing if they can keep uh, um, working on that and stuff, but uh, with the schedule, how it is, you know, I just like the, the opponents they're playing. They're not playing, teams out of a playoff pitcher that, uh, you know, it's not going to be as intense. They're playing all, you know, other than San Jose, they're playing teams that are in that Western Conference battle. You know, they play Mm -hmm. Calgary, Edmonton twice, Minnesota twice, Seattle twice, L.A., Nashville. So it's kind of playoff hockey type atmosphere with, uh, you know, starting tonight, uh, a desperate Calgary team. So um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing moving forward, just playing that playoff hockey and getting ready, gearing up for the playoffs. Uh, and definitely wanted to ask you about your former team from afar. What have you made of the season so far uh, for the Calgary Flames? Yeah, you know, it, it was crazy. The summer was insane. Um, watching that all unfold, losing guys, you know, Johnny and Matt uh, to Chuck. You know, you, you almost saw it as a guy sitting back, holy man, like <laughs> team wins the division, you, you know, lose those two guys. Yeah. And, you know, almost like uh, shit. There's going to be a re- sorry for swearing. Uh, All good. They got to start a rebuild type thing. But uh, you know, trees, trees, awesome, great, great GM, great guy, and you know the stuff he pulled off, getting Huberto, Uyghur. You know, they're right back in the talk. And I think uh, you know, looking from afar, obviously they've underachieved their their goals, but there's still you know there's still a, a an opportunity for them to. To get into the playoffs, you know, you look at St. Louis a few years back when they won the cup, they squeak in as an eighth seed and win the cup. So you got to get hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, from afar, I don't go on me on this, you know, goaltending hasn't been what it was the year before there. But, uh, you know, watching as of late, uh, you know, it feels like Markstrom's uh, finding his game at the right time. So, you know, he gets on his game at uh, that's a scared team to face in the first round. As a former player who's been in plenty of locker rooms yourself, Derek, can you sort of, I guess, in, in your in the best way possible? I don't know if you've ever had an off season that we saw here in Calgary, but talk about what a locker room change that would be for for a team as somebody that's known Johnny and Matthew from your time in Calgary to you know losing those guys and having to transition. I think from maybe the outside looking in, a lot of us here in Calgary assumed that that sort of chemistry and the locker room would set itself a little quicker than maybe it has this year. I imagine from a player's perspective, that's got to have a big impact on what this season's been for Calgary. Yeah, definitely. Usually, you know, to 
maybe you lose one guy, uh, one of your top end guys, uh, or bring one top guy in, but to lose uh, your two top players last year or for many years now, you know, Chucky and uh, Johnny, but then bring in two Kadri and uh, Huberto, it is a big change in the locker room. And, you know, at the beginning you want to find your way as quick as possible, but, uh, you know, they're, they're both uh, high-end talent guys. Uh, I'm sure they're great guys in the locker room. I met Kadri at the All-Star game last year and seemed like a great guy. So, you know, you know, playing against him, I didn't think so great, but meeting him there, you know, <laughs> he was, seemed like a good guy. You know, it's, it's kind of like Chucky. You play against him, you hate the guy, and then he yeah. comes and, and you love them so um you know i'm sure those guys are the same way they just uh take a little more time to to find their stride but uh you know the last 10 games of the season making a playoff push no better time to do it than now uh what about yourself personally derek uh settling in post hockey how's the transition been for yourself going from player to uh to broadcasting now yeah you know it's uh you know i don't broadcast too much uh about 10 12 games a year yeah um that's been a, a new new experience, but just working for the team in general, getting to do a lot of community stuff um, is really beneficial. You know, you want to give back as a player. And, and after hockey, you know, a lot of guys, uh, I guess it was a luxury for me to, to retire. You know, could have went and played elsewhere for that la- another year. But uh, for me, it was it was better for me and my family to stay here and uh, take a job with the team and, and get to do those uh, amazing things, you know, working in the community, broadcasting, you know, getting the alumni, you know, started and hopefully uh, turn that into something big and, you know, all sorts of things. So um, it's been a lot of fun. It's uh, my boys are just turned seven and will be 11 this year. So a lot of sports with them and, nice. you know, just enjoying every every minute of it. Uh, and just uh, before we let you go, I got to imagine as a guy that, you know, as a young hockey player, you spent some time, in the ECHL as part of the Las Vegas Wranglers. I imagine the sports scene in Vegas must look incredibly different today, Derek, than it was when you were a member of the ECHL team back then, hey? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's uh, when the East Coast team was here, there wasn't much else. You know, the big thing was uh, UNLV, you know, back in the, I think it was in the 90s when they were really good or late 80s. so now it's, uh, you know, the UFC is, you know, blowing up. It's here, you know, NFL, uh, NHL, talking baseball now, the G League's here, arena football. So it's really, really turned into a big sports town. And, you know, you're talking to people around the city. Um, they just love the fact that there's something, you know, not just Vegas isn't just known for the strip now, you know, it's a sports mm-hmm. town and, and it's still growing, so you know it's going to turn into one of those massive sports cities. And you know, it even adds to it that everyone wants to come here and um, watch the visiting teams too. So, it makes for a good atmosphere in the rinks and the, the arenas and and everything. So, I, I think it's going to continue to grow and just get uh, bigger and bigger year in and year out. That's great to hear, Derek. Thanks so much for the time today, man. Really do appreciate it. Uh, best of luck going forward with the Golden Knights, except for uh, nights when you play the Flames, of course. And uh, continued success with all you do with the organization. Hey. Yeah. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see how tonight goes. And you never know; it could be a first-round matchup. Could be. We'd like to. We'll talk to you again if that happens. Hey. Sounds good. Deal, Derek. Thanks for the time, man. All right. Derek Anglin joining us on the Outspeech and Sports Bar guest hotline. Former NHL defenseman, former Calgary Flame, former Golden Knight, now makes his home 
in Vegas is a big part of their organization, uh, doing things on the community side of things, working with the organization uh, on an alumni as that's getting going there in Vegas. And yes, the former Flame Edmonton native now uh, doing occasional broadcasts for the team as well. Kind enough to give us some time this afternoon down the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline. And yeah, look, we saw this Vegas team last week and not a lot's changed for them week to week, but this is still a team that's won a lot of games. I believe their only loss in the last little while was that game to the Calgary Flames. And uh, for them, as Derek mentioned, you're talking about a team that's well positioned to be in a playoff spot. That's pretty much a guarantee at this point where they finish still up for debate. It could be a top of the Western conference could be a top of the Pacific division as well. They're eight and two in their last 10 sandwiched uh, a four game winning streak before that loss to Calgary uh, last week, they've now won two since that loss. They responded losing to Calgary 7-2 by beating the Blue Jackets 7-2. They then beat Vancouver the other night 4-3. This uh, this Vegas Golden Knights team only going to get better as they get healthier. Will that uh, include the likes of you know Laurent Bressois, Robin Lehner? Got to wait and see, but their uh, injured list very long right now, but it doesn't seem to matter for this team. Carrier is out. Waugh is out. Uh, Colasar is out, but they continue to plug and play and continue to be a tough out. Should be another tough one tonight for the Calgary Flames. From the Flames' perspective, we'll hear from them uh, coming up next against this, uh, ahead of this matchup, I should say, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Quick reminder, 7 o'clock puck drop tonight from the Scotiabank Saddledome. That means our Flames warm-up gets going at 6 with Peter Labardius and Pat Steinberg. Wills and Labardius on the call at 7 right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, this is the uh, final meeting this season between these two teams, I believe. I'll check the schedule on that one. It's like 99% sure that's the last time these two teams see each other. Let's check. I know this is the last time we see Blasty on the season, which is disappointing. Yes, last time to see Vegas is tonight. Still got games against Anaheim, uh, LA, San Jose on the docket, but this will be the last time that they see uh, the Golden Knights this season, wouldn't it be nice to finish it off with two uh, back-to-back victories uh, a week apart from each other as they are in this uh, playoff race? Uh, Flames and Golden Knights coming up a little bit later tonight. We'll hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames coming up next, including head coach Daryl Sutter, Jonathan Huberto, and more as Sportsnet Today continues here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Let's head back to the Saddle Dome. Following morning skate, no real news for the Calgary Flames in this one other than the fact that Jacob Markstrom will be back in net for the Calgary Flames. Dan Vladar started and picked up the win against Anaheim the other night. Logan Thompson will be the starting goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. And Chris Tanev remains out of the lineup for the Calgary Flames. No word yet on a timeline for Tanev. He did not participate in morning skate. Troy Stetcher and Dennis Gilbert will continue to make up the third pairing on D for the Calgary Flames. Let's hear from the head coach, Daryl Sutter. His morning media availability at the Saddle Dome as the Flames get set to take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Daryl, it looks like Jacob Markstrom is in the stars line. Where are you trying to see with him Pardon? tonight? It looks like Jacob Markstrom will get the start. Where are you hoping to see out of him tonight? We need our goalies both to continue their good performances. For sure. Chris Tanev in a day-to-day situation. Yeah, you know, because we traveled yesterday, so he'll 
spend some time getting looked at today. You're late in regular season. You've been traveling all over the map this month. Uh, how difficult has it been to manage the players' energy levels? Yeah, just trying to trust their, you know, talk to the leadership group and the captains and make sure and give them their time. And it's not so much that it, the travels, yeah, it's got them a little bit. I think it, I think we've seen that even both games this trip we were on. What have you seen from Nazem Kadri recently? I think the line last game gave us a really good boost. So they have to continue, they have to build on that game. In front of your goalies, can your defensemen make life any easier for them coming into tonight? Uh, we've done a pretty good job of that all year. I think we've only given up, what are we, second or third, a few shots against the league. So, you know what? Goalies' job is to see it, stop it, cover it, steer it, get us a face off. So if it's the second, third ones, then that would be on the D. Either that's a poor rebound or a, or a D not covering. Carol, you've always been really complimentary of Tyler Toffoli. I'm, I'm curious, what do you see in the sense of this has been his best offensive season? So so what's different, maybe what's better about this Tyler Toffoli? Yeah, seeing? I think you're only looking at regular season. I think that his best seasons would be where he's played deep into into runs, but so what's different about him? You know, those guys that get older that still have the hands and the great vision, so maybe they just find a better spot or they know how to shoot more, or they know when they're hot, keep shooting and things like that. Ty's a, Ty's a, is a, you can say that he's a high percentage shooter, but he's also a volume shooter too. So he needs to, he also has to play the guys that are getting him the puck, because he, he he can't do it all. He can't just be a four checker and he can't just be a passer and you know, he can do all that stuff, but he also needs somebody that's gonna get him the puck. And I think that's you know, I think him and Lindy have had a pretty good connection there. Is Tyler also one of those guys that wants the puck on his stick when the game's on the line? Yeah, I think he's a guy that you know, if you just look at it, he has thrived in situations. I mean even this year, if you're evaluating on a on a good season, well, he scores a lot of big goals for your team. You know, tying goals, go ahead goals, first goals, power play goals, things like that. Considering all the line changes you've made throughout the year, can you describe how uh, you've been able to keep Lindy and, and Toffoli together, and even Backlund and Coleman at times, and yep. how that might make your job easier at times, at least when you're blending through all those line companies? Yep, I think it's you know it's a it is a. Everybody always wants lines. Everybody always talks about line or that line. Well, the reason somebody talks about a line that's going really good because they are. <laughs> so it's usually it is usually twos. If you go around the league, it is. I mean, just because of the schedule and injuries and guys' performances, things like that, it is usually twos. And guys are you know usually a centerman is comfortable with one with a one winger, and then depending on how you how you're playing or how who your opponent is, guys move around. When a player maybe is playing a couple minutes less per night than he's used to, as a coach, do you, do you talk to the guy about this is what you have to do to get back? Or? Not at all. Only only thing a coach has got on a player now is ice time. So anybody talks about that, they shouldn't be talking about coaches or any of that stuff or, or deep analysis. They should just be looking at the player's performance. <coughs> Very simple. There's there's not much around that at all. I guess the onus is on the player to figure out how that to get back. That would be 100%, players. especially if it's a veteran player. It's a young player. You're trying to work him, work him through it, right? 
keeping them off or keeping them away from certain guys, things like that, or managing schedules, as you've talked about with some of our younger players. But the veteran players, if they're still capable of being a good player, then that's on them. Darrell, uh, appreciating that I've not been around and seen teams as much as everyone else is here, can you please just tell me what the Golden Knights offer or challenge against them compared to other teams you've played lately? Yeah, I think they have top four defensemen. For sure, those top four guys, that's that's really good. And then they have three three centermen. They're a little bit different type players, but they're they'd be number one and number two guys on every team. So if you got if you got that, and then you got that. You, remember you, you, how you win championships or how you win divisions: goaltending, defense, centermen. Sounds as if the team is going to be wearing snowy strong stickers. <clears throat> It's got to be pretty, pretty cool. It mean a lot to you guys as an organization. Yeah, I think it's just a recognition more than anything. We see, we see him every day. If he's feeling well enough, we see him every day. So the sticker's more a recognition, and we're proud of him. There you go. Flames head coach Daryl Sutter following his morning media availability at the Scotiabank Saddledome, getting set for the Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights. One of the players most talked about around this team of late, Nazem Kadri. Coming off one of his better games against the Anaheim Ducks. Lots to get to with Kadri, including uh, some questions about his relationship with the head coach, Daryl Sutter, uh, in his morning press veil for uh, morning skate ahead of the Golden Knights game tonight. Here is Flames forward Nazem Kadri. Nazem, it looked like you, you played a little more in, in the last game than you had the previous. So just how did you feel up there? Yeah, I felt pretty good, you know. Uh... Some uh, opportunities to score, and you know, I think our line did a great, great job of giving us some energy and uh, contributing. So, looking for more of that. I mean, everybody goes through it. Veterans, young guys, all that type of thing. Is it, is it more of a piss off, or is it more of a motivator at this point in the season when something like that yeah. doesn't I think a little bit of both. I mean, of course, you want to be out there and uh, contributing and helping your team win. And I think obviously you uh, become more noticeable the, the the more you're out there and, and the more opportunity you get. But you know. As far as everything goes, you just whenever you do get that opportunity, you got to be ready to go, and that's the mindset w- that we have and that our line has. And uh, you know, in order to have success, we're going to continue to have that. There were some rumors circulating this weekend that your frustration was was pretty high uh, mm-hmm. with some of the situation with this team. Um, any, any validity to this? Um, you know, uh, just honestly, it's just about winning the next game. That's what we've got to focus on. I think there's a lot of speculation that you know happens in Canadian markets and. You know, that's uh, that's understandable, but, you know, for us, these games are huge, and uh, this is really all that matters. What's us, what is the communication between you and Daryl or the relationship been like the past little bit? Uh, it's been fine. You know, it's been fine. Obviously, uh, you know, throughout an 82-game season, you know, you're going to have rough patches, and, um, you know, not everything is going to go your way throughout, you know, eight months of, of playing. So it's about how you bounce back and uh, how you fight that adversity, and, you know, that's something I've been pretty good at throughout my career. So this is uh, this is no different. Of course. I mean, yeah, I think that's one thing you definitely got to credit this team is, uh, you know, a lot of times we seem down and out, but somehow we uh, continue to push and we continue to fight. Obviously not an ideal position we put ourselves in and we'd like, uh, you know, we'd like that to be better, but at the end of the day, you know, this is the hand we're dealt with, and uh, you know, I just—I'm I'm proud of the guys that we continue to fight and uh, give ourselves at least a chance.
James Rammer referenced you mm. over the weekend. He chose not to wear the Pride jersey in the warm-ups. Did you see his comments, basically, mm. saying that you thought he was a good guy based on your Toronto? Did you see the comments and do you have any reaction to them? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, he's James is a great guy. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, why I got tied into it, really. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, his, uh, his opinions are his opinions. And he's, uh, you know, he's got that uh, prerogative to have those opinions. And, uh, you know, for us, I think it's, you know, supporting – you know, whether it's an ethnicity or a community, anybody is, uh, you know, welcomed into our hockey rank. And, you know, we, uh, you know, that's, that's where we stand. So if he were to be like, hey, I'm, for whatever reason, if there was a Muslim night in the NHL mm-hmm. and he was like, you know what, I'm not going to wear a jersey, how would you react? I would not feel disrespected at all. I mean, uh, you know, I'd obviously probably want to wear the jersey and, you know, I wouldn't really have that expectation for anybody else to, to wear it. Wouldn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable, but the end of the day you know if their choice was to wear it or not you know I don't think it would uh you know alter my opinion that much have there been conversations during pride night here is next week about Mm -hmm. what the team's going to do um yeah I mean I think we're going to continue with it so obviously that's an initiative we have and like I mentioned you know we want to welcome everybody into the saddle dome we want to continue to grow this game and uh get as many people people watching hockey as uh, as we possibly can Thanks for Nazem Kadri. His meeting, his media availability, excuse me, this morning from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Uh, thoughts on the Daryl Sutter relationship. Uh, James Reimer bringing his name up there, as you heard. Uh, and the questioning about uh, James Reimer's decision not to wear the Pride jersey uh, in San Jose and a bit at the end there about the Flames still planning to do theirs uh, next week. A couple other Flames forwards to hear from still today, including uh, Milan Lucic. He's been back in the Flames lineup. Uh, the veteran presence back there on the line with Trevor Lewis and Walker Dewar for tonight's game against the Golden Knights. Let's hear from Milan and what he had to say during his media availability at the Saddle Dome. Which maybe just start with uh, the focus tonight. Obviously, a team you just saw here recently and, and handled that night pretty well. Um, but what about the you know, final 10 games here and, and the push and how it has to look here today? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a it's it's a huge uh, final ten games here, and the the main part is is you got to take everything one game at a time, one step at a time. <laughs> what you got to do in as, as an individual, what you got to do for your preparation to have a good start. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you look at the games where we are prepared and have good starts. You know, that's when we give ourselves uh, you know a good chance to win. So. Um, obviously, as a group, we need to uh, we need to do what we got to do to be uh, to be at our best. But you know, at this point, you also got to you know, as an individual, what do I got to do to 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 bring my best to the to the team on a night to night basis? And um, you know, starts here tonight. Well, on that topic, you know, how would you say then you, you kind of handled the oppor- opportunity in Tuesday night? Obviously, coming off a night where. Things don't go your way, but just on the individual and maybe you know even the start uh, and the way that you handled that on Tuesday. Yeah, obviously we we needed to ba- bounce back and and uh, wanted to bounce back and uh, obviously it's great when you when you score a goal in the in the first minute in the first shift. So uh, you know just just a difference in preparation and and uh, you know being ready to play. Obviously um, you know things didn't go our way uh, on Monday, but we were able to turn around on Tuesday. So. Um, again, you gotta you gotta bring uh, the same type of 
mindset and preparation like we had on Tuesday into tonight's tonight's game. How did you make sure, just as a group, that the mindset was still positive sort of on Tuesday morning? Because obviously it had been a frustrating weekend there. Yeah, it's, you know, just got to do what you got to do to keep yourself alive. And uh, um, you lose that game and then, you know, you kind of lose hope. So uh, it was it was just, you know, uh, being ready to play, righting the wrongs and, uh, you know, going from there. And, and, and I think if you look at it as a whole, we had contributions from our four, all, all four lines and all 60 and, you know, we're a team that's built that way, so we're going to need that here tonight. We've been hearing about must-win games for so long. Now, I mean, let's be honest, there's not much room for here. Is it really must-win now? Yeah, it, it really is. So, like I said, it just goes into preparing as a team, preparing as, as an individual, uh, taking it one game at a time, period at a time, you know, shift at a time. So uh, just just taking it all in those steps uh, and doing giving yourself – the best chance to win with your preparation that's you know that's what gives yourself the best chance to 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 step up and have big games when they are big games like this what's uh what's the balance between this is a big game but you also want to be loose and sort of not forget the joy of just playing the sport but it's a big game how do you as a team balance that well i i think you i think the big thing for it is is that i've i've always had the approach of you know, you look forward to the big game. You look forward to the big moment. You have, you know, you have fun with it. You embrace it. You, you embrace the challenges uh, that it's going to bring to you. And and you know, that's where we are right now. And obviously, we we have a lot of uh, challenges and, and adversity. But you know, we have to embrace those and and look forward to them. And and you know, that's that's the way I've always gone about it. So before a game, who's generally riling up the boys or, or giving them that pep talk? Or? <laughs> I'm usually the guy that, that kind of uh, brings that energy, so I'm going to have to do that here tonight. What do you think of the snowy strong stickers that you guys are adding to your helmets tonight? Well, I, I think it's great. Obviously, uh, you know, he's he's in a fight for for his life, and, um, you know, he's had good days and he's had bad days, and, you know, we're all, as an or- organization, you know, we're, we're one big family, and, you know, we, we stand strong with him, and, you know, uh, continue to support him in, in, in his fight. Because you guys had Cohen in here reading the lineup that one time, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think we had a really good game and a really good start uh, from that. So maybe we might have to bring him in uh, again. There you go, Milan Lucic doing the Browns of media this morning at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, one more player to hear from ahead of tonight's game against the Golden Knights. It is Jonathan Huberto. Remains on that line with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman. See if we can get some of that offensive touch going tonight. Flames could sure use it from number 10. Uh, he spoke to the media at tonight's game against Vegas. Well, here we go again. Uh, I suppose, um, obviously, this the significance of Tuesday, and maybe just, you know, you guys might talk about maybe the response. Uh, how important was that on Tuesday to kind of put you back in this position again here tonight? Yeah, it was, it was important for us to forget about, about that game, which we did, and, you know, play well in Arizona. Tonight, it's another big test for us, and, I mean, there's 10 games left, so we've got to give everything, you know, we have in, in our tank to, for the next 10 games. 
when you uh, look at the start, um, you know, I think it's been kind of talked about or addressed in terms of you know needing to have better starts. So is that kind of uh, obviously you have a goal, which is nice, but the way you kind of built on it too is that sort of textbook what you're talking about? Yeah, we need to have you know a good start. I think when you take the lead, that's really important, and you know that's our that's what we want to do. Focus on the first five minutes, and after just you know play the full sixty. But I think the start is really important. You know, if you take the lead, that gives you a little cushion. What's the biggest difference uh, playing alongside Michael Backlund compared to having Nas as your center or Elias as your center? Yeah, it's, I tried every every center in, the, in this <laughs> team. Uh, it's, uh, no, I mean, Bax is like, you know, he's so good defensively and, you know, offensively is you know two is I think he's a you know two way player and that that's fun to play with a guy like that. You know, defensively he's gonna be in the right position, he's always like supporting you on on the walls. And um his vision too, I think, you know, it's kinda underrated but he's got a great vision, he can make some plays and I think, you know, this year he's been playing really, really well. What does it take for a winger uh, to be truly comfortable with the center? Like we're seeing it with Lindy and, and Toffoli this year and Backlund and Coleman are always together. You obviously you've been around this league long enough and you've had comfortable pairs with centers. Like what is it what do you need to do to get to that level of comfort? Just chemistry and you know, to get to the right spot and support each other. That's that's the most important thing I, I feel and like you said, I think I've had you know connection with, with centermans, and it was the same thing. I feel like if you get on the same page too, that's that's what you want to do. It takes some time, you know. So I think, but Bax has been going well, so hopefully he's going to keep going. Tuesday obviously provided some relief with the win, but where was the level of frustration at with this group over the weekend? Yeah, you're all. It's it's never fun when you get beat, you know, eight two and. It was it was a tough game for us, but I feel like the way we answered, you know, on the back to back to the next day and wake, wake up and you know I think that's what we got to do. We got to forget about these games and focus on the next one. Joe, what can um, the players in front of the goalies do to make your, your goaltenders' lives a little bit easier? Defensive zone coverage, a lot of late, things like that. Yeah, we just can't give like great eggs. That, that's our, you know I feel we. You know, giving up a lot, and I think it's tougher on a goalie sometimes. So we got to help him as much as possible. We know he's going to make the key saves, so we got to make sure there's no traffic in front of him, and you know, play better in front of him in our in our own zone. You guys have been talking about games as being must-win for honestly like a month now, probably, but they really are now. I mean, there's no room for error. Does it feel different? Does it bring something different out of you? Yeah, I mean, I think everything you got, you you got to give it, and like you said, I think it's a. You know, it's it's uh, it's gonna be tough you know, until the end of the season. You know, we gotta catch some teams, but you know, we gotta take one game at a time and, and win every game. What's the coach's message before these these important games for you? I think you know we just gotta, like I said, I kind of said it. I mean, that's you know, Daryl, that's what he wants us to do. You know, play play well, play hard. I think compete. That's that's the, what we gotta do till the end of the year. And I think you know we, we competed all year. We just got to grind it out till the end and get into a playoff spot. Is there one thing you do to balance the whole thought of, okay, this is a big game, can't afford to lose without winding yourself, bugging yourself up? What do you what do you do to prevent that aspect of it? I think you can think about it. You got to go out there and play as best as you can, you know, to help your team to win. And I think, you know, can't think. We know we got to win, so that's that's in our you know, our, our mindset. So there's no pressure. I think you just got to go out there. Play your game, and we know if we do, we're going to win the game. There you go. Jonathan Huberto, the last member of the Calgary Flames, doing the media rounds today at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Following the team's morning skate, they're getting set to take on the Vegas Golden Knights in the first of three from the Dome tonight. Six o'clock, Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius. 
before Lou jumps over to call the game with Derek Wills at 7 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, no no lineup changes expected for the Calgary Flames, uh, except in goal where Jacob Markstrom will get the starters net back tonight. Dan Vladar came in and started the game in Anaheim, picked up the win, but the Flames will go back to their veteran netminder tonight. Logan Thompson will get the start in goal for Vegas. Chris Tanev did not participate in morning skate for the team today. He has not uh, been updated as far as uh, how long it's going to be. Still an upper body injury. He will not play tonight. So you'll see that third pairing of Gilbert and Stetcher once again. That puts Hannafin with Anderson. Uyghur with Nikita Zadorov. Your forward lines remain the same. That means no Jacob Pelche, no Adam Ruzichka for tonight's matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights, who uh, over the last little while we've determined uh, Nick Waugh will be activated off IR and get back into the lineup tonight for a uh, a pretty hurting Vegas team. They've got uh, a long list of injuries, but the wins have come pretty easy to them. Their only loss in the last couple of weeks it came in that form to Calgary in that 7-2 loss exactly a week ago in Las Vegas. So, you know, they'll be out for revenge. They've won two in a row, currently sit atop of the Western Conference and the Pacific Division. Would love to extend that gap over a couple of teams and secure home ice advantage as they look to head back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Again, Golden Knights and Flames right here on Sportsnet 9. 60 the fan. Haley Salvin will dive into it during Hockey Central 960. Pat, of course, going to dive into it with Flames talk a little bit later on before we get to your Flames warm-up tonight here on Sportsnet 960. Big game tonight for the Calgary Flames. Uh, what to expect from tonight's game. Give you the lineup news and notes, but uh, this is a big one for the Flames. You heard Danny Austin, the post-media, asking guys there uh, throughout their media availabilities. You know, it felt like must-win for a couple weeks for this team. That's got to be amplified for tonight's game, and it sure feels that way for the Calgary Flames. But what to expect? It's a, a hard question for this Flames team. It's been too much back and forth, too much up and down for this group. Down, obviously, Monday to L.A., a bounce back against Anaheim. Your first game back at home since last Saturday, which might not have even felt like a home game given the fact that they were in Arizona, then into Vegas, back home to Calgary, then off to L.A., and then to Anaheim. That's as quick a one-game road trip or homestand as I can remember. And now this team finally back for three in a row at home. How do they respond against the Vegas Golden Knights? I think uh, it's going to be the question of the day. It'll be the one that Pat talks about, and I know Lou and him will talk about it during Flames warm-up today as well, is this has been the problem for this team all year, is you don't know what to expect. Could they have a good start tonight? Sure. Could it be like the games in Calgary against Dallas and then into LA where they have a bad start and find themselves down a couple of goals? Sure. But those are the kind of things you're going to have to avoid if you're this Flames team. If you are real and you want to be realistic about your chances to make the playoffs and to make a push down here in these last 10 games for the Calgary Flames, these are the nights you're going to need it. And yes, it's not not playing down to your opponent. It's a very strong opponent coming in tonight. You're coming off of one of your best performances against this team ever last week. But you can't take that for granted. You can't really, as Lou's been saying for a couple of weeks now on our hits here on Sportsnet today, you can't take any team for granted. You really can't even concern yourself 
with who the opponent is if you're the Calgary Flames. It's more about what you're doing to be successful and can you do that for an extended period of time. And for the majority of the year, 70-plus games for the Calgary Flames, the maximum amount of time that they've been able to do it, two games. Or, you know, two games and an overtime loss or an overtime loss and a couple losses. It just hasn't been consistent enough from this group, and it's a big reason why they are where they are in the playoff picture. And that's the outside looking in with an outside chance of getting there. Mentioned it a couple times, the out-of-town scoreboard. Going to be a place to watch for the Calgary Flames tonight as both of the teams uh, involved with them for that final chase of a wild-card spot, the Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators are in action. Nashville is taking on the Seattle Kraken, while Winnipeg is part of one of the late games tonight. They're in Anaheim taking on the Flames' last opponent, the Ducks. So we'll keep you up to date on both of those as well, and we'll see where the Flames sit after tonight's matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll be back tomorrow on a Friday to break it all down and get set for an afternoon affair Saturday against the San Jose Sharks. Thanks to Derek Englund and Pete Labardius for jumping on with us this afternoon. Reminder, you can find Sportsnet today and all of your favorite Sportsnet 960 programs uh, up wherever you get your favorite podcast: Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcatcher. Wherever you get your podcasts, the hour's up moments after they finish. Thanks for tuning in here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.